From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report back in Studio B? Uh, hallelujah. After uh, not only a long road trip for the Pelicans, but uh, a rough one, and we'll talk about that a little bit here in just a second, a rough one that found uh, me back in my bed this morning at 4.30 a.m., so... Uh, and after a couple of shows the last couple of days from hotel rooms out west, pleased to be back in the friendly confines of Studio B and see the shining face of producer Dan here today. Uh, Sean Kelly with you. Busy, busy day this uh, Thursday. Certainly the Saints are in full swing now in their preparations for the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to cover that angle with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, today. It's his weekly Thursday visit, one that I very much look forward to. We'll get his thoughts and pick his brain for some of the storylines that he'll be covering on his call this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, basketball, a couple of notes about that, although football is really our focus today. And a Hall of Fame Thursday as well. Why not celebrate what will be celebrated over there at the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend as uh, defensive tackle Leroy Glover uh, goes into the uh, Saints Hall of Fame. And Peter Finney, a great friend of all of us, especially the fans of this uh, community uh, he is uh, the recipient of this year's Joe Gemelli Fleur de Lis Award. And so Glover and Finney all going going into the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend. And there are guests today on the Black and Blue Report. So um, if you did not get to uh, uh, hear or see uh, the Drew Brees press conference on Wednesday or Sean Payton's post-practice press conference from yesterday, something that we usually touch upon here on the Black and Blue Report, uh, you can get that, of course, at NewOrleansSaints.com. Today, though, we wanted to focus in on those new Hall of Famers, uh, Glover and Finney, and, of course, get our weekly Thursday visit with Jim Henderson. All right, basketball. Let's get this out of the way. I know it's been a tough conversation for most as the Pelicans have dropped three in a row, all of them out west, all of them against teams that not only, A, maybe they should have beaten, but, but B, had a chance to beat, to say the least. The Lakers game was more of an uphill climb, but uh, at least against Phoenix, I thought that uh, you had a chance to win things uh, down the stretch. And then last night uh, in Utah, a 16-point lead went by the wayside as the Pelicans lost 111-105. to And uh, an injury to Greg Steamsma on the trip. He may be out some time with a left knee injury. Uh, Ryan Anderson did not return from his injury. Perhaps that happens during this homestand. Perhaps even as early as Saturday night against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. But after uh, playing well in the first two quarters, and getting strong performances from Tyreek Evans and Anthony Davis last night. Eric Gordon, too, in the first half, pretty good. Things really came apart in the uh, quarters uh, three and four. The uh, Pelicans were out-rebounded in the second half, 26-12, to 12, and were also outshot in the uh, second half. Gosh, I, I had it written down, but it's like 60-something percent to 40-something percent in favor of the Utah Jazz, who ended up scoring 38 points in the uh, fourth quarter and got 22 in the second half from Gordon Hayward, who's a really nice player, but it is what it is. Uh, I will say this. Tune in tonight. Probably must listen 
uh, material with regard to being a Pelicans fan when the Monty Williams Show airs at 8 p.m. tonight on our flagship uh, radio station, 105.3 WWL-FM. I just got done visiting with Coach Williams, taped that interview from last or for tonight's show, and uh, he gives us some very candid thoughts on where he thinks this team is right now, where it's going to go, and uh, and, and and some other things that maybe has been on your mind that Coach hopefully will address for you tonight during the Monty Williams show. So that should be a good visit. Um, and again, I think uh, Producer Dan, they're putting that on pelicans.com the day after the show air so if you miss it tonight on the radio you can catch it certainly online at your convenience starting tomorrow on pelicans.com so that's where the uh, pelicans stand at three and six and a homestand begins on saturday night with the philadelphia 76ers and there will be broadcast both television and radio locally of that basketball game all right on the program today as we mentioned uh peter finney the uh, longtime uh, writer and columnist for the New Orleans Times Picayune and now NOLA.com. John DeShazer, fittingly enough, will sit down with him. Uh, I'll visit with Leroy Glover. And uh, coming up next, the voice of the Saints to get us really going on this Thursday, Jim Henderson in one minute. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Well, the Saints back at it this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in another high-powered matchup uh, as the San Francisco 49ers come to town at 6-3. And, three. and uh, here on this Thursday, time now for, as uh, I like to put it, especially when he's listening, uh, my favorite interview of the week on the Black and Blue Report, the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, for his weekly Thursday visit. Good morning, Jim. Sean, good morning to you after, I'm sure, a restful night's sleep. Yes, there's nothing like uh, really cozying up at 4.30 a.m. after a 0-3 road trip with the Pelicans. But nonetheless, here we are, and the sports world does move on. Um, yes, I'm ex- Yes, I'm excited about this game this weekend. I know it is an exciting matchup for Saints fans, too, and because I'm a relative newcomer, uh, you know, less than 20 years to this city, I can't fully appreciate what Saints 49ers means. And I know they're not in the same division anymore, Jim, but... Can you help shed some light for me on on how this far this goes back and, and what this truly means for Saints fans to see the 49ers? Yeah, I think so. Back when they were NFC West foes, they met uh, twice a year, and uh, my acquaintance with the rivalry began in 1978, and then, of course, there were the great years, the five Super Bowl wins by the 49ers, and the Saints usually took it on the chin. Uh, even though they played them tough and the Saints had a lot of firepower defensively, 49ers usually managed to prevail, and so that really stuck in the cross, Saints fans. And then the Niners kind of went into a slump, and I think the Saints had won something like six consecutive regular season games um, before uh, last season when the Niners came here. 
and now both teams are back. The Saints are playing well. The Niners are certainly playing well, having gone to the Super Bowl in the same building last February. And um, the matchup is just as intense, even though it's less frequent. Jim, the, the performance against the Cowboys this last Sunday was one of the more dominant performances I'd seen in person in some time. As professional observers of this Saints team, what should we take away from the Cowboys game that can be applied to the 49ers game? I really don't think much. Uh, the 49ers are so much tougher defensively, so much stronger, so much deeper, so much more physical defensively. Uh, the Saints took great advantage of the Cowboys, who were just emasculated in the middle of that defense, uh, missing their starting defensive tackles, and I think they had played 17 defensive linemen uh, through that game last Sunday night. Then they lose their best player on defense, their middle linebacker. They're playing with a, a banged-up secondary and undrafted free agents back there. So I really don't think you can take much from that game and compare it to what's going to happen Sunday with the 49ers because the 49ers are just so much tougher uh, defensively. I think one thing that maybe gives you some cause for concern is the fact that the Saints came into that game Sunday night uh, knowing that they had to do a better job against the run, and uh, DeMarco Murray really had a pretty good night against them. They really didn't slow him down much, but the game was so one-sided that the, four, that the Cowboys couldn't utilize their running game as much as they wanted to, but it didn't look like the Saints had solved a lot of problems there. And then now you've got the 49ers who are tremendously uh, imbalanced offensively. They have the 32nd and worst passing attack in the NFL and the fourth-ranked rushing attack, and they're going against a team uh, in the Saints who are tied for giving up the most yards per carry defensively at five. So it seems to be pretty obvious that for the Saints, the challenge will be to, to slow down Frank Gore in this rushing attack and try to make Colin Kaepernick beat them. I think an interesting statistic for this game is that Kaepernick, in two victories, has completed less than 10 passes in each of those victories. And yet you might remember when Geno Smith beat the Saints with the Jets, he didn't complete 10 in that victory by the Jets either. So just goes to show you that you can win without a passing attack if your offense has as good a running attack as the 49ers do with Frank Gore and you're playing against a team that uh, has as much trouble defending the run as it appears that the Saints do. Are the Saints vulnerable against the pass, even though San Francisco may not use it? Injuries have reared their ugly head in that defensive secondary, Jim. Yeah, you know, and, and the big thing about this game, too, Sean, as, as we speak now, is this uh, how certain or uncertain is going to be Vernon Davis's participation. Uh, he suffered a concussion in that loss to Carolina. Uh, he was back at practice yesterday, though not full go. Uh, if he can't play for the 49ers, that's going to be huge. He's got seven touchdown catches for them. I mean, Kaepernick's only thrown nine on the season. He's got seven of them, and that accounts for 78% of their offensive touchdowns through the year. That's the most any one player has contributed to any offense around the NFL. And Saints fans remember all too well what he did to them in the playoff game at the conclusion of the 2011 season. So if Vernon Davis can't go or he can't go to his usual uh, capacity, that's going to be huge for the 49er offense. Well, that's a great point right there. Did you watch the Carolina 49ers tape, Jim? No, I'm going to be watching it uh, Saturday afternoon. I've got it on tape up in Mississippi, but I will be watching it. It won't appear to be too hard to go through that one with a 10-9 game and not a whole lot of turning points in it. And from my standpoint, when I look at the tape, I'm more than anything acquainting myself with personnel, with names and numbers, and hopefully I will have known the, the themes of the game prior to watching that. So and I, we see the 49ers, it seems like, every year, even though they're not 
in our division any longer. So uh, it shouldn't be too hard to get through that tape. Uh, before I get to uh, the more important stuff of our interview, let me uh, ask you for a quick thought about Drew Brees after being uh, named uh, the Offensive Player of the Week. Um, Jim, is there anything that he has done that still surprises you, or is this are we enjoying just routine Drew Brees and, and better enjoy it while it lasts? I think the latter. I mean, he throws routinely for a 300-yard game for four, and four touchdowns, and you barely take notice of it. Um, I think people around the country took notice of it Sunday night, the way he carved up the, the Cowboys. And we've seen Drew have similar games, though not quite to that extent, where it seems like everything he dials up works. And seldom has there been such a great compliment to the passing game with the running game of the Saints. But, boy, uh, that game Sunday night is one that Saints fans will remember for a long, long time. And I, I think you're right. We have to appreciate this guy while he's at the top of his game, as he certainly is. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, to the vocabulary challenge. I'm happy to report that last night, even in a loss to the Utah Jazz, gelatinous did make it into the broadcast last night. Um, I'm hoping that you had similar success with Chenille this past Sunday. You know, I did. I used it coming. I think I found the place to use your vocabulary word, and that's coming out of uh, the halftime break when we're going through statistics. And I was able to uh, mention, I think, probably much to the delight of whatever listeners there were out there, that the Saints had really covered Des Bryant in the first half, much like a chenille rug. Oh, my. Now, does anybody else in your booth know exactly what's going on with that? No, but that's usually the case throughout most of the broadcast. So, uh I, I get that that quizzical look pretty much constantly, so I, I don't think it it surprised anyone. And most of the time, they're eating anyway as we come out of the break at halftime, so probably no one took notice of it. This is good because most of the media is already jumping the gun, and before the second quarter is even over, they're into the media line. But that's a whole other show. Um, I have my pen out. <laughs> I have my pen out. Do you have a word for me for my upcoming games? Yes, I do. Oh, uh, yeah. of course. And this is a word that I discovered in doing my. Um, preparation on the 49ers and reading through their notes and reading the internet and reading from their beat writers, uh, their accounts of the game. And your word this week, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sean Kelly, is gormlessly. you got to be kidding me. Gormlessly. I'd never heard this word before, but I, I did take the time to look it up, and I think it's one that would apply to your broadcast, unfortunately. G-O-R-M. I won't make you try to look it up because no, you probably would look, I don't, look up wormlessly. I, I don't have to look it up because the word I have written down right here is gormless, which is a no. form of gormlessly. Yes, it is. Well, All right, so yes, I, have to use, I have to use gormlessly. All right, now I need to think of a new name for or a new word for you. Okay. Um, all right. In light of what we saw offensively from Drew Brees uh, this past uh-huh. weekend, uh, plethora—it's an easy one—but plethora uh, for you. That's so easy. You need to challenge me more. I had gormless lined up, and you took gormlessly. I can't. We can't have the same word. <laughs> There's no way you had gormless lined up. I'm telling up. you, Come Lou on. Schumann and Daniel Sowerson are sitting right here in the studio, and it is on this piece of paper in Sharpie. Gormless, lacking right. intelligence, comma, stupid. That's exactly what it means, and that's what I had written down. <laughs> I'm not believing that for a minute, but I'll, I'll take you at your word, plethora. Well, that'll be easy. That'll plethora be easy. easy. Now, if you really yeah. want to get good with it, you could use it in the same form, perhaps, that was used in the classic all-time film, Three Amigos. Hmm. Hmm. I remember Three Amigos. Yes, when El Guape was, was asked if he had a plethora of piñatas. 
So my question to you is, who were the three amigos? Uh, the actors. Yes. All right, Steve Martin. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Chevy Chase and Martin Short. Oh, very good. All right. Very good. Okay. All right. So plethora, you get off easy here, but uh, next week I go first. All right. All right. That's, okay. that's only fair. Tim, as always, my pleasure, and uh, can't wait to see you at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Sunday. Oh, what, before I let you go, Leroy Glover goes into the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend. Thought on him? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I remember about Leroy Glover is I think he had been released by the Raiders. Now, don't hold me to that. I'm thinking back a long time. But he had been with the Raiders, and the Saints signed him. Maybe it's an unrestricted free agent or and free agency in some fashion or another. But the thing I remember most about Leroy Glover was his quickness. He was an undersized defensive tackle. I mean, probably he didn't play at more than mm, 250, 260, and that's pretty small by today's standards. Uh, but he had a great motor and a very quick first step, and he was able to penetrate uh, from that position uh, quite readily. I know at one point he, after his after his career, he tried to get in the media. In fact, he talked to us about doing some work with us, and we just didn't have any opportunities for him. And I don't know if he's still uh, pursuing that role, but he'd certainly be uh, he'd certainly be good at it. Uh, Leroy was one of my favorite players and a nonstop guy. Good stuff. You've helped me because coming up next in the Black and Blue Report, Leroy Glover to talk about his induction to the Saints Hall of Fame. Jim, uh, best of uh, best, all the best to you this weekend. Have a great call, and uh, hopefully, we'll be talking next week about. Uh, a continuation of uh, success here for the New Orleans Saints. Sounds good to me. Thanks a lot, Sean. You got it. Jim Henderson with us, the voice of the Saints, on the Black and Blue Report. As we mentioned, Leroy Glover coming up next. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans by getting the entire family on board for a Pepsi Friends and Family Night. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games and include four tickets, four hot dogs, four bags of chips, and four Pepsis for as low as $128. The next Pepsi Friends and Family Night is Saturday, November 16th against the Philadelphia 76ers. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, log on to pelicans.com today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Well, our next guest will be honored this weekend and inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. He was originally drafted in 1996 by the Oakland Raiders in the fifth round. And while he only appeared in, I think, Leroy Glover, two games and recorded two tackles his rookie season, he uh, went on to ascend to great heights and will be immortalized in the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend. Leroy Glover, a pleasure to have you, sir, and uh, congratulations on the honor. I'm sure you're excited about this weekend. Yeah, I'm very excited about this weekend. And first of all, you know, thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. All right, so go take me back. Your your rookie season is that? Did I have that right? Two games, two tackles. Yeah, actually, in my rookie season with the Oakland Raiders, I only suited up for two games, but only played in one game. I played a grand total of three snaps in the one game that I did play in, and I finished the year with two tackles and the quarterback pressure with the three snaps that I had. So 
I was productive, but this didn't get a lot of uh, snaps in my rookie season. Do you remember back to how you felt at the end of that season, your first season in the NFL and coming out of San Diego State to, to have such a limited chance, I guess? Yeah, I think it was a it was a learning process, you know. It was just getting in, learning the culture, learning how to work, how to practice, how to watch tape, how to be a pro. You know, that was the biggest part for me, you know, learning how to operate in the weight room to get bigger, stronger, and faster. And I take I took full advantage of it. And, and, and the last piece of that is learning from the veteran leadership that I had around me as well. In our D-line room, we had a lot of great veteran leaders, and just learning from them uh, was another part of the process. What was most special to you uh, about your time with the New Orleans Saints that leads us to today? Well, I think it, was, it has to be a couple of different things. Number one, it would be the, the teammates that I had there, the camaraderie that we had not only in our defensive line room and the D-line mates that I had, but the team as well. You know, a lot of good memories, a lot of good players, a lot of good times, a lot of games won, a lot of big games. You know, getting into the playoffs for the first time in franchise history was, was important. Uh, playing a lot of very solid defense was important. You know, all those things combined, I think, really made the experience in New Orleans very special. How do you think uh, Leroy Glover, a 285-pound defensive tackle, would fare in today's NFL? <laughs> I don't know. It would be probably a little tough for, for a little guy like that. But if he had some special qualities, you know, obviously you would have to have a motor. You have to have a very strong work ethic. You would have to be strong because these guys are, the offensive linemen now are a lot bigger and stronger. Uh, then obviously you got to be tough and have have a little bit of grit to you as well, just to continuing to come back. Even if you do get knocked down or face some adversity, continuing to come back and, and to battle and play hard. Well, Roy Glover, I guess you're on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, one of the things I always like to ask uh, individuals that receive such an honor as this is, uh, where were you and, and how did you receive the, the news that you were going to be inducted into the uh, Saints Hall of Fame? Ironically, I was at home. Uh, I live in St. Louis, Missouri now, so I was at home with my wife and kids and uh, got the phone call from the representatives from the Saints Hall of Fame. And at first, I was at a loss for words. I really wasn't expecting it. But then after it sort of uh, sunk in a little bit, I just started to reminisce on a lot of the good times, a lot of the good coaches, you know, some of the experiences I did share with uh, Mr. Tom Benson there and then a lot of the other executives that are still currently a part of the Saints organization as well. So that, that kind of all hits you at one time. Leroy, the timing seems to be perfect. Last weekend, um, Willie Rofe and Ricky Jackson were uh, inducted into the Saints' new Saints Ring of Honor, and here a week later, uh, you're inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. There is distinctly a connection between the three of you, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. When I was there as a member of the Saints, Ricky Jackson was actually uh, one of the coaches of the D-line. And really, Wolf was, you know, he was all of that when he played. I mean, he's truly a Hall of Fame football player, and one of the best offensive tackles that I've had the, the honor of facing on a, on a day-to-day basis. And so two great guys, two fantastic guys to represent the, uh, the ring of honor for the New Orleans Saints, and, and then two guys I would consider to be strong friends. Leroy, before I let you go, tell me about your plan for the weekend. How do you intend to celebrate this new honor? Will you have family and friends? What's your what's your plan down here in the Big Easy? I will be in town with uh, my wife, my three kids, my parents, my brother, and my sister. We plan on doing a lot of eating of some very good food. I mean, that's <laughs> the one thing that sticks out about New Orleans is to go to a nice restaurant to get some good food, to get some good Creole cooking, and take all that in. Hopefully I'll run into some good people who I, you know, share some experiences with within that locker room and within the Saints organization as well. And then last is just to share 
end this experience with some of the some of the Saints fans as well. That sounds like a fantastic plan. Uh, it's terrific that you were able to join me today. I really, really appreciate it. Congratulations, and I look forward to seeing you this weekend get inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. Thank you, and thanks for having me. You bet. Leroy Glover, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Again, he and Peter Finney go into the Saints Hall of Fame this weekend. As a matter of fact, coming up next here on the Black and Blue Report, John DeShazer sits down with the esteemed Peter Finney in one minute. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. I enjoy um, wordsmiths, those who uh, creatively and uh, smartly use the written word. And certainly Peter Finney falls into that category. Um, I was sure uh, pleased when I moved to New Orleans a long time ago to have a guy like Peter Finney be a part of my daily sports routine. And uh, certainly we're all excited about Peter Finney receiving the Joe Jamelli Florida Lee Award and being inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame as a result this weekend. John DeShazer has a special connection with a man that has a special connection to our city, our teams, and its fans. Here's John DeShazer with Peter Finney. Let me tell you something, folks. Let me, let me uh, full disclosure here. <clears throat> I worked at the Times-Picayune for 20 years, and Peter is one of my all-time favorite people, writers, uh, you name it. Uh, people talk about you know, who is and is not a living legend and all those kinds of things. And, and I can honestly say I've worked with a guy who, who I classify as a legend in the business. Um, I've never met anybody who, who carries the, the weight and esteem as, as Peter Finney. Uh, you can go across this nation anywhere and everybody knows Pete. So, Pete, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm going to hire you as my PR man. <laughs> <laughs> now, folks, Peter joins us because he is about to join the Saints Hall of Fame. Um, Peter is this year's recipient of the Joe Jamelli Fleur de Lis uh, Award, and and that's for his contributions to Saints. And Pete, you've been around and you've seen just about everything uh, in this in the history of this franchise. Just about, I think, as a matter of fact, you wrote the first story when uh, when New Orleans landed a pro team. Is that correct? Well, yeah. yeah back, I think it was All Saints Day when they got the. Uh, they got the franchise when uh, Rose, Roselle said it's you know it's coming to New Orleans, and that, that was that was a great day. It was All Saints Day, and uh, and it just I mean the city is just unbelievable. The way from from day one how the how the, the who dats the, the, the who dats to be supported this team was just un, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, now Pete, you have so, seen. You, you know, I, I think uh, JD, I think it, they, what they started. It took them twenty years to have the first winning season, and uh, but the fans were always, you know, they complained, but they were always so uh, loyal to, 
to, to the franchise. It's unbelievable. Yeah, kind of like the, kind of like the fans who complain now, even though they're winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it, they've had they had more hard times than good times. But it was always the fans were there for them, and uh, it, it, it's a great it's a great football city. I don't have to tell you, and you've been around long enough, and you've experienced it. But it's uh, it's great. It's just a great environment. Yeah, now, 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 Pete, what are some of the, the, the odd or, or things that stand out uh, for you about this franchise? I mean, if anybody can, you know, I guess you can Google it or, or however you can get to it. People will, um, you know, we, we've seen that picture of you with the ostrich race. So oh, we, we, won't, we won't mention that. <laughs> but. That's one of the low points. But you see, going back to the ostrich race, even at that time, you had this guy named Tommy Walker who put on the halftime shows. And that's when the Saints were, were really bad. When they, you know, right after they started out, after their first game, and uh, they, uh, they, uh, it, 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 the halftime shows just swept the uh, the fans away, it, and it's just it, it, it was a perfect spot for, for this, you know, for this franchise. And it's uh, it, it's been like that ever. And, and Tommy Walker deserves a lot of credit way back when they weren't winning games. So. Uh, you know, it, it took them from the I think from the first franchise the, when they opened in when, when was it uh, oh sixty you know uh, whatever it was sixty five it it took them twenty years to have a winning season the first winning season but the fans were st- stuck with the team and I'll, I'll never forget that how how it was you know you had a one in fifteen season one year and it just took them a while to get back and but they kept plugging when Tom Benson took over he. He kind of straightened things out. I think, J.D., I think one of the big uh, moments, uh, I say moments, that helped turn it around, uh, Tom uh, brought in Jim Finks oh, yeah. as more or less the, uh, the, the president of the, of the franchise, and Finks brought in Jim Moore as the coach. And uh, I think Jim coached about oh, a, a, a 10 seasons here, and uh, he did a fine job. He turned it around pretty quickly. And uh, ever since then, the Saints have had a, more, a lot, I'll say, not a lot more, but some more losing seasons, but they've always managed to, to be competitive. And uh, the city was right along with them. It's, it's been, and then the Super Bowl in 2009, which is a storybook year, and uh, it's, well, from then on, it's, it's been great. Yeah, now the Super Bowl obviously being the high point that you just mentioned. But what are some of the other things? Because I mean, you've been here from you know owner John Meekum to uh-huh. to you know the astronaut to to Hank Stram to right. Archie Manning to you know you name it, you've seen it. Whether it's Jim Haslett or Mike Ditka or right. or, or Drew Brees or Aaron Brooks. Well, it, it, it's just the fact. I mean, even when they were losing, they they they, they, were, they were fun to watch in a way. And it, it and the city got with the team, and I don't know if any city throughout the, the country supported losing teams like these people here in New Orleans. And it, it's a tribute to the city, to the city fans, and uh, it's just uh, uh, an amazing story the, the way they've just continued on. And uh, you know, the, uh, the when they had their first game, I remember. At Tulane Stadium, and when they, I can't remember more of an uh, an outburst of support from the people in the stands. I think they had, well, they had more than eighty thousand people at Tulane Stadium, and uh, it, it just almost it tore the stadium down when Jimmy Jimmy Taylor was introduced. 
on at that first game, and uh, it, it, it's it's and it's been like a storybook ride ever, ever since. More losses than wins, but a storybook ride, really. You know, you don't see that kind of civic pride around the NFL. I mean, you see teams like Jacksonville that kind of struggle with attendance and 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 fan support, and you know they struggle some in Minnesota. I know at one time they were talking about possible lo- relocation before they kind of re-upped and got everything together in Minneapolis. But there right. are some NFL cities where you just don't see that. I mean, you know, w- what do you, I guess, attribute New Orleans' civic pride to? Because I, I guess a lot of it happened to be that, you know, for a long time we were a one professional sports team town, no. and, and that, you know, everybody kind of poured their heart and souls into the Saints. No, listen, no question, J.D. And, you see, a lot goes back to the fact that uh, – what Dave Dixon had a hand in this because he kind of was very inf- uh, key, a key man in getting uh, the NFL to put a franchise in New Orleans. He hooked up with uh, uh, Dave, hooked up with uh, Pete Rozelle when Pete Rozelle was the commissioner, and he brought, made sure he he brought teams, he, he brought pro football, preseason football to New Orleans, and uh, and because of that. Tulane Stadium was there when the Saints played their first game, and without Tulane Stadium, I don't, it, it, you know, it, it could have been a different story. But Dave Dixon's ability to, to have the dream to build a Superdome and to build one and to have it, and then to, to have, uh, the Superdome became uh, really a reality because Tulane Stadium was there to bring the Saints to the city. When, it, when they did in, in 67, whenever it was. And so Dave Dixon, he deserves, a, he deserves to be in that ring of, ring of well, you know. Uh, oh, the ring of honor, yeah. People here. I mean, his contribution to the city is just, uh, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, unbelievable. I'm sure at some point he's going to be in that ring of honor. And speaking of ring of honor, yeah. you might be in there one day. Here you are, the, uh, the winner of the Joe Gimelli Award. Now, this is for contribution to, to the Saints. And, folks, i got to tell you, Peter has not, you know, he's not been shy about his opinions on the Saints throughout the years. He has not been one to hold his tongue when uh, when they did well or when they did not do well. And, and so, you know, to be honored for your contributions, despite the fact that you've been, you know, a supporter and, and a critic when the, when the time called for it, I think says a lot about the regard that the, the, the franchise and, and the Saints Hall of Fame committee has for you. I'm just I, listen, JT. I feel like I haven't had a job. <laughs> I don't know how many years it is, but it's just it's just an honor to be, you know, covering sports, and it doesn't feel like a job. And just being around the players, the coaches, and the fans, it's just been a, it's it's a storybook ride. It, and what what else can I say? Pete, you can't go around telling people this hadn't been a job now because this is what we do for a living. So we can't we can't let the secret we can't let the cat out of the bag on that. <laughs> <laughs> that they shouldn't be paying us. <laughs> well, they're not paying us a lot of money, but it's it's just it's great. It's just a great life, great life. Uh, well, Peter, we appreciate you joining us here on the Black and Blue Report. We have had a great time this morning. And again, people, you can still read Peter. He's on NOLA dot com as well as in the Times Picayune with the paper prints. Uh, again, a living legend right here among us, and truly, truly a New Orleans national treasure. Uh, we think you are extremely deserving of that Joe Jamelli Florida Lee Award, and we expect to see at some point in time Peter Finney, as long as well as Dave Dixon, up on that Ring of Honor for the, oh, for the New Orleans that. Saints. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm just being an old man right now, but I, I enjoy being old, 
and because I've had such a great time getting to old age, really, believe me. Well, Peter, if all of us gr- uh, age half as gracefully as you, it'll it'll uh, it'll be my my benefit because uh, you know we've always said you know me and our guys we always say man if I if I can just if I just have <laughs> well, JD, half a piece. It's been great working with you for all, for the years we have, and you keep doing the job you've been doing since you've been around. Thank well, I, you. I appreciate it, Peter, and thanks for joining us here in the Black and Blue Report. What a treat. Today's program was certainly special. Jim Henderson, Leroy Glover, and Peter Finney. And we'll wrap up today's Black and Blue Report right after this. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. Good stuff today. Our Hall of Fame show. Again, congratulations to Peter Finney and Leroy Glover and, uh, of course, to Jim Henderson, a Hall of Famer himself, uh, stopping by today's program to help us start to, to get really ready for Saints and 49ers this weekend. Looking forward to that football game in a lot of ways. Don't forget tonight, the Monty Williams radio show airs at 8 Central on WWL-FM. That's 105.3 on the dial, so that's your dose of Pelicans uh, material today. And uh, I'll uh, tweet out some other stuff later on today as far as what I see uh, at Saints practice and hear from Coach Payton. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live, S-E-A-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y, live. Uh, Daniel Sallerson, a.k.a. Producer Dan's our producer today. We thank him for his efforts. He helped really get me up to speed this morning after a very short night and uh, put up with me having to host from hotel rooms across the West earlier this week. Rob Nice is in this chair tomorrow. He will take us through the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, a good one. We'll go deeper into Saints 49ers with our own John DeShazer of NewOrleansSaints.com. And um, Jonathan Papelbon is scheduled to appear. Of course, uh, many of you know him for his uh, pitching uh, exploits in the American League, but he is a big Saints fan, and we were happy to catch up with him and talk a little baseball and football. So Rob will be with him tomorrow. Again, that's the uh, scheduled lineup tomorrow. I'm sure there will be more. Uh, in store for you during tomorrow's Black and Blue Report as well. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and uh, get ready to gear up. Don't forget to wear your Saints gear tomorrow to work or wherever you may be going as it will be the end of our week, a Friday. And that will do it for us from Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, we'll see you very soon. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.